Welcome to the Real World Podcast, where mother and son, baby boomer and millennial. I'm Brian. Hi. I'm Bobby. <laughs> I feel like there was more there, but you had a pause like you were expecting me to say something. I know, right? Anyway, we, we square off, but we really just try to model good behavior right. in having differences of opinion. Well, I disagree. <laughs> I think we have bad opinions. Hi, Brian. It's good to see you. Hello, mother. Excited about our trip? I don't know what you're talking about. In a couple of days, we're flying to PA to go visit family, so looking forward to that. Yeah, it'll be fun. Yeah. I know you're probably looking forward to the weather. I am. Yeah. It's way too hot for me out here. Yeah. 80 degrees is too warm. Yeah. Well, it's going to be in like the high 50s. That's going to be great. For a high. I'm so excited. <laughs> right? Lows in the 40s, so I'll be freezing, but anyway. You, and you won't be able to mock my flannels. I, I won't be able to mock your flannels. In fact, I'm taking flannels. And I can't mock your flannels, right? Yeah, but I can mock yours because I make fun of people who dress warm in cold weather. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, Brian wears shorts when it's like snowing outside and then, so you know. Yeah, and then t-shirts, you know. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> yeah, flannels when it's 100. So there you go. Okay. Well, anything going on? Anything new? Nope. Pretty simple week. Pretty simple week. That's always good. Pretty simple week. Celebrated a friend's 30th birthday yesterday. Nice. Nice. Yeah. Her husband threw her a her gi- a, a giant party. Oh, yeah. Yeah. How fun. So, yeah. It was a taco guy and everything. It was pretty good. Oh, wow. Nice. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Cool. What's been going on with you? Uh, let's see. We took our maiden voyage of the RV this weekend. Had to check it out. It was a little bit nightmarish. Um, Sounds fun. Yeah. We, Dad couldn't back it in the spot we had. They had to give us another spot, and then it wasn't level, so the RV wasn't leveling right. It took us like four hours from the when we got there to actually set up, and mm. it, it was a little bit bad. But did you break your ankle? I did not break my ankle. So it's and already an improvement over the last maiden voyage. And we got to see Jake and his family. They came for dinner Friday night, and then the kids spent the night, and then we just dropped them off on the way home yesterday. So oh, that was nice. fun. Did you yeah. guys uh, camp in San Diego then? We did. Okay. We were in San Diego. It was a, we've had this planned even before we got this RV. Oh, okay. And thinking, oh, we'll, we'll do a trip down in San Diego this year. And that was the plan. Well, yeah. it's nice that they gave you a new spot then. It was very nice that they were able to do that. They were full, but she switched her friends. The, the lady that runs it, her friend was coming in this weekend, and she swapped it with ours. And what's ironic about it is the one we had 86 initially. We couldn't get the RV in there. That's their favorite site, so it worked oh. out really great. <laughs> so, okay, so for them, yeah. it was like a happy it, thing. Yeah, it was like a win-win for, for everybody. That's so, good. Yeah, yeah, so it was good. Sounds like a pretty unique story. It was, yes. My headphones are falling off. Okay. Mm. I fixed them. Okay, so today we are going to talk about uniqueness or being uniquely different. <laughs> okay? And as far as what does unique mean, it is like, unusual, extraordinary, remarkable, rare, one of a kind. Um, those are just the definition, standard definition, um, Britannia, you know, version of that. Um, and I think it also, I think by being unique, it we do have a purpose in life. I mean, we don't want to be like anybody else. You know, the interesting thing is when I came up with this idea, Sometimes it's tough to come up with ideas, so people, please um, send in your ideas and thoughts and requests, <laughs> because um, it is tough sometimes to come up with ideas, because we don't, 
we don't necessarily agree on all the topics that, you know, like I'll suggest something and Brian say, no, I don't want to do that. Um, yeah, that happens pretty frequently. Yeah. <laughs> and, um, but anyway, um, our church just started a new series today, and it's called Different, and it's about being different yeah. and, and being set apart from God. We want them to be unique and not like them, so we named ours Unique. <laughs> unique instead of different. Because right. we're just so much not like right. them. Well, I wouldn't want them to think we're like copying them, but I thought there was, um, in the first message today, I thought um, there was um, some really good points. And, of course, you know, the whole point of us being... Um, unique. Well, let, let me back up. So when I was a child, I mean, I always remember my teachers, my family, everybody like reminding you to be unique, to be different, to not to not do what your friends do. You know, the whole thing was, well, if your friend's going to jump off a bridge, you're going to jump too. And, and, you know, so th- that was their whole point of trying to be unique, although it really should be tied back to the Bible, because that, that's truly, we were uniquely and wonderfully made um, by the Lord. He set us apart, right, in the beginning. And um, Pastor Matt, um, Sandals Church, uh, the start, we started a new series, Different. You know, one of the things that he said this morning that I thought was really interesting is that trying to be someone else is a sin to God because he created, God created us uniquely. He created us for a special purpose. And when we try to be somebody else, that's really not following after the Lord, following after Jesus. So um, that really kind of stuck with me. And I really liked that. I thought that was, uh, that was really, really good. Let's see. So what does, um, I'm going to throw this out to you, um, and then I can follow up with anything else that I have, but what does God say about being unique? God tells everyone that, I mean, in scripture, we can see that he made everyone with a purpose. Mm -hmm. He has something in mind for them. Mm -hmm. Uh, We see that in Jeremiah, when it says, before even your mother's womb, I had made you. David proclaims that God knew him when he knew him in his mother's womb. Right. Uh, Psalm 119. And even even apart from that, there are various things in Scripture where he gives unique titles to people. The only other person with the title Son of Man besides Jesus was the prophet Ezekiel. Hmm. Uh, Isaiah had the unique thing of uh, God. He said, who shall go for us? And he said, here I am, Lord, send me. Uh, Joseph, being the dad of Jesus. Mary, being the chosen mother of Jesus. A bunch of just various unique things. They're all different, but they all still serve various functions in ministry. Like three of the people I mentioned were prophets, Jeremiah, Ezekiel, and Isaiah. But how God called them, how God knew them, how they received God was all still very different. Mm -hmm. Jeremiah was very much more like, I mean, he wrote the book of Lamentations. And so probably a big part of it is he saw and witnessed his people go into exile. Mm-hmm. Where Isaiah was more of an actual like prophet prophet where he was probably alive a good chunk of time before then. Mm-hmm. And he was giving forewarning. And Ezekiel has some of the most whacked out miracles I've ever heard. <laughs> like I don't know if you've ever heard the dung one. No. Uh, yeah. God compares uh, Israel trying to be good as like trying to cook a meal with 
Oh, with dung. With, with, with that, wow. yes. And God says, but lo and behold, with me, everything is possible. So. Yeah. If so, you can make the most out of so dung. They, <laughs> so God used uh, <laughs> I, a dung fire. Wow. And yes, cooked a meal. I guess I do remember that. Uh, it is very, very interesting. Yeah. But it's like all just very like. Like a Jeremiah is so emotional. Isaiah is so like, be careful. Like you guys are being stupid. Ezekiel just has some of the craziest language, a lot of apocalyptic language. Mm-hmm. Uh, and these are just some of the major prophets. Okay. So you've touched on um, some biblical references and, but what about today? Like, you know, like how, how do we encourage people today to be unique Um you know, you're talking about some very famous people. Yeah. And like, but so, there's millions and millions of people. And so how do we yeah. not be conformed to the world? And which he tells us not to be. He tells us to not be conformed to the world. Yes. And so, you know, how do we, how how should we be set apart? Um, you know, how should we be unique? How, how, how do we go about doing that? Yeah. And so I think my two answers, one, just as how all of this was, this entire series is a series on how to be holy with PMB. That's why it's called different. That's what holiness means to mm-hmm. be set apart. Right. So that's I mean, the, the first part of what it means to be unique. If you truly want to be something different, something unique, something set apart, you have to live holy, which means being like God. Mm-hmm. And it could be thinking, well, if we're just like God, we're not unique. We're not different, but at the same time, well, it's no, we are because mm-hmm. he is the one that is above all. There is no one like him. And so when we can reflect him in all ways, that shows the, the greatest level of uniqueness we can have. The second part of that is when it comes to just serving in the church, the other big person I was going to mention was Paul, the apostle mm-hmm. writes in Corinthians talking about the body of Christ, the book of Corinth had a problem where everyone wanted the gift of tongues. They blew mm-hmm. out. They believed that was the best gift. Mm-hmm. And he's like, okay, first of all, if you're going to rank the gifts, it goes apostleship, prophecy, teaching, and then tongues is way down yeah. here. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and then two of all. But I had a friend who thought the same thing. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's an oddly common <laughs> belief yeah. amongst some charismatic yeah. churches. Yeah. Which is funny because in it's out. It's overtly said in scripture how that's not true. <laughs> uh, but the other big thing is in the in the uh, epistle of Corinth, one of the things that Paul says is that like if one person is an ear, one person is an eye, one person is in a hand, who are they to say to each other like I don't need you or I'm no I'm of no use. Uh and in fact, that's actually one of the verses I have, I had saved for later, but, mm-hmm. but now God has placed members, each one of them in the body, just as he desired. Not everyone needs to be the big PMB teacher teaching thousands of people every Sunday morning. Right. Some people are more gifted to discipleship and to soul care and to being with people in Absolutely. the midst of pain. Absolutely. Being present with them, right? And, and PMB is like gone on the record many times to say, <laughs> like he would say a funny story of a time he was trying to give soul care right. and how he gave terrible <laughs> advice or right. how he reacted poorly. And that's right. why he eventually stopped because right. there was others better at it. He was called him. to do something else. And yeah, I mean, just think about what, you know, you know, how your, your right toe serves you. 
you know, your right toe is not the same thing as your left pinky finger or your nose or your left ear or whatever. It's like we all, similarly, we all have a different uh, part of the whole. Yes. Right? And so we can't expect for the toe to act like the ear, nor would we want it to, in order for us to all be fully, I think, in concert with each other in the spirit we need to act according to the will of God, which is how he formed us. So he says he formed us in our mother's womb. He, he declared us, he spoke us into existence before it ever happened. You know, um, I shouldn't say he spoke us into existence. That's probably the wrong thing to say because it wasn't literally that way for us. But in effect, you know, he he declared us into and however that you know through our parents and how that all went together but he is the one that formed us psalm 139 yeah, that's good yeah so, and so okay oh, go ahead oh, no i was gonna go into a little bit of challenges to this yeah well, i just can i just read this yes. i wanted to say i wanted to read romans 12 which talks about some of the things we already did but i think that this is super good so it says um I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. For by the grace given to me, I say to everyone among you, to not think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think with sober judgment, each according to the measure of faith that God has assigned." For as in one body we have many members, and the members do not all have the same function, so we, though many, are one body in Christ and individually members of another. So that just kind of summarized, right? <laughs> right? Yeah. Yeah. That's the full passage of the of the little excerpt I just read. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's good stuff. Yeah. Good stuff. Okay. Uh, go ahead. You were going to. So I find it really interesting if... I just want to get your thoughts. This is okay. I don't. This isn't a trick question or anything. Like this isn't yeah, meant to be a sure. leading question. Sure. Uh, <laughs> from a worldly perspective, what mm-hmm. do you think they think of when they think unique? Um. Well, I just don't think. I think they think similarly, but just the God part is missing. They're they're not connected to other believers and to the Lord, and so therefore they're not looking at it from the perspective of how can I serve others. Yeah. To the best of the ability that what God has given me, um, it's more for myself. It's a selfish motive. That's exactly what I think. That's like, so. I actually, this is ding, something. Ding, 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 ding. Whenever, whenever <laughs> you said uniqueness, I was like, mm-hmm. I just hate the word unique. Mm. I don't know why. Then why didn't you say you didn't want to do this topic? Be- be- because actually, <laughs> I mean, that's why I reacted that way. I was mm-hmm. like, no, it'd be fun to talk about that. Okay. Not to be combative or anything, but I, I had a feeling you're coming from it from the perspective of like holiness mm-hmm. uh, or like being different like our series was. Totally. And one of the things that I find interesting, and that's why we should talk about it, is the world's perspective of these things. Yeah. And it's because... I think another word, like a really worldly word mm-hmm. for unique mm-hmm. is individualistic. Yes, that is a good one. Yes. And the problem with individualism, individualism, I feel like I can't say that word right now. 
That's a tough one. Individualism. When you become too individualistic, you stop caring about others. Right. When the only point of living is yourself, what what does it matter? Mm -hmm. Uh, And so that was actually one of the the, uh, fun parts of this is, one, why do you feel people need to feel unique? Hmm, let me think about because that. Because I, I think Christians and non-Christians alike would all want to, to some degree, feel unique, feel special in some way. You know, it's a good question, and one of the things that I would like to say to that, I remember a long time ago in Bible study, I remember Carolyn Fitzpatrick asking the question in Bible study, do you feel special? Did you feel special? Like, Did, did you feel like you were special and set apart when you were growing up? And even though my family wasn't, like, that faithful in church going or anything, I always did. Like, I always felt unique. Like, I always felt set apart for the Lord, even though I didn't even know how to articulate that at the time. But I did. Yeah. I did. And so it's like now I can look back and say, wow, it, you know, he, he was he had set me apart. The interesting thing is, though, how it's important to have a supportive family, supportive community, because if your family isn't encouraging you. Yeah, I don't know how you did it. (laughs) (laughs) Right? Like, if your family's not encouraging you, and you don't have that support to continue to, you know, be in the Word and praying and so forth, to have that relationship with the Lord to kind of know for Him, for Him to direct you on how you, what you should be doing, you know, um... It, it is kind of a miracle when I think about it. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Yeah. It's, I, I agree. And one of the things I was actually telling we're a friend. Supposed to be, we're supposed to not think the same, Brian. No, but we do. <laughs> we do. That's why we're so different. We think the same. No one else agrees with us. <laughs> that's it. But that's okay. We're unique then. That's right. <laughs> And that's, that's actually one of the things I actually want to touch on later too. Was, but first, before that, I wanted to share. One of the things I was actually telling with a friend is that I've always felt to some degree unique in my story, my testimony, simply because there's no great moment where it was like, when you think of everyone like who's listening, think of your testimony. If I were to ask you the question of who led you to Jesus, can you think of someone? No. Okay, so we no. have something in common. No, I, I like I said, I I felt set apart mm-hmm. from the beginning, but I am grateful that my grandmother, you know, always saw to it that I got to church. You know, my mom too, but my grandmother especially, she had a special relationship with the pastor and like she was definitely much more involved in church. And I'm grateful for that guidance because I feel like that helped. Although there was never really discussion at home, you know, it's like we really need to encourage our kids at home and, Mm -hmm. you know, be talking about the Bible, be praying together and so forth. And, um, I know we, dad and I weren't exactly great at all of that either. Um, but we, we saw to it that you went to Christian school because we knew that we couldn't be everything. Yes. That you needed. And so I really think that made a difference for you guys. You know, at least set that. Um, again, I think it's individual. It's, it's kind of interesting. Like, so my story is that, no, there wasn't a, a, a moment for me. But there's, so when people ask for my testimony, it's like, I've, there's never been a time that I didn't believe. Like, I've always believed. And I see that with my grandchildren already. 
you know, I don't know that they've gone forward. They're six and four, the older two. Um, but, like, like literally we're playing, um, oh, what's, not shoots and ladders. Well, yeah, shoots and ladders and, um, oh, what's Candyland. Candyland. Right? And it's almost like every move, Jace, um, Jace is praying. <laughs> it was, and it was just kind of funny, but it was more like, it, it was like, dear Jesus, please uh, have Pappy go get three so he can go fall down the ladder or fall down the chute or whatever. It was like, it was praying judgment on dad. <laughs> but Please the point is that, Lord. you know, he already like has this connection. It's like, if, if I've bumped my head, he'll come over and say, and he'll, he'll just pray for me on the spot. He'll touch my head is like laying hands. It's just, it's amazing to me. And so there's already that connection there. And I think, um, for me, it was similar in a different way because I didn't have that encouragement for my family. But, um, yeah, so you you feel the same way. Well, yeah, but I, the whole point of what I was going to say was I've had several big moments in my life when it came to spiritual moments with God, big moments where I encountered God in some way. Mm-hmm. There was never another person there. Mm. It was me and God. Mm. Interesting. For okay. a lot of people, if they have that moment of salvation, they're led through the prayer with someone else. I've let people through that prayer mm-hmm. uh, moments where they break down the talking to a pastor, all these kinds of things. And like, that's okay. But one of the ways I've always felt unique is because I haven't had those. Mm. It's, it's essentially allowed my spiritual life to feel significantly more intimate with God mm-hmm. because it was just me and him. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Uh, that's not to be like, Oh, I'm so great or anything because I think there's also something beautiful about like people being there mm-hmm. in those moments. Yeah. As well as the confidence, because then you can also have, if they're confident in you and your faith and you can be confident in their faith, it, it helps strengthen that bond. Mm-hmm. Uh, getting back to maybe some of the harder parts of this. Uh, one of the things I wanted to mention, I forgot how it's exactly what I was going to word it earlier or right before I, I wanted to continue. Sorry. Uh, it's Okay. One of the things I've always felt about being unique, I'm trying to think of the way to articulate this, dang it. Essentially, why do we feel like in order to be unique, we have to have all these things that are different from someone else? Like when we think of this unique, this person, every single thing about them is different. Like that's that's the idea of uniqueness. When you can have so many things Hmm. in common with someone and still be unique. Well, for sure. And and it's like, I, I can't imagine... I mean, we're all humans, so we're all going to have some similar things. I mean, it's like we need food, we need shelter, we need love, we need people to love us. I mean, there there are certain aspects of humanity that we all need. Now, that doesn't mean even in all those things that I said um, that we feel about them the same. But I think you're going to have, you know, it's it's an effect of not only how God made us, individually but also our environment yes and everything around us um you know our church um where we live uh, you know our families um yeah i mean i think all of those things are factors i mean i think we align ourselves with our friends right like yeah we definitely do. you know we we spend more time with our friends than we do with our family generally we we you know, we're born into a family and, and we love our families, but sometimes, you know, it's not necessarily who we would choose to spend most of our time with. 
Um, and, and I don't mean that in a negative way. It's just that you're drawn, especially when you're younger. Like when you're younger, you're just drawn to your friends starting like teenagers especially and then into your 20s <laughs> and 30s. I don't know what you're talking about. You know, then as you get older, you really do enjoy spending time with your family more so. I know like for me... Because we when all I, understand each other's crazy a little bit better than everyone else. Well, is. that's true, and I think that when you that when you understand and recognize that, um, are you talking about friends or family? Family. Yeah, right. So you you do. I think there's an acceptance there, and so it's kind of like it's kind of like an eternal bond, right? Yeah. You know, and so you know, it, it's uh, for me as I've gotten older, it's like. I love spending time with my family and it's like there's there's never enough time in my book, you know, to for and I love when everybody can be together. Like that is just so great for me. I just love that. That is memories from from my childhood that were were, were very meaningful. And um so yeah. Thank you. That was good. Uh yeah, I mean I would agree with everything that you're saying. I don't really have any additional thoughts on the matter other than I'm trying to remember the exact passage, but it's in Galatians when it says you are neither slave nor free, male nor female. Mm, Where it's not saying we don't have these differences, but he's saying we're united in spite of our differences. Mm -hmm. So these things that we have in common and these things that we don't have in common are things that can unite us. We have differences and uniquenesses, like different parts to our lives that allow us to have the unique perspective that we do have as an individual. And we could bring that to ministry we can bring that to caring for others. And there are other times we have commonalities and we can still bond over those commonalities. Mm-hmm. I don't want us to be so focused on being unique that we lose sight of the fact that we're united. Absolutely. But I think of it more so as like the parts of a body. Whereas, yes. you know, when we all are... Ears, act- hands. Yes, right. So when nice. we're all acting in unison together, we can walk, we can talk, we can we can function as a human. But when some of the parts are missing, sometimes we can't function at all. Yes. Right? And or it's very difficult to function. And then you have a part that overcompensates for another part. Yeah. A foot doesn't make a very good ear. It, it does not. And, and so that's why it's so important that, that we are really led by the Lord. Yes. You know, because he gave us this. And, you know, I was thinking also that it's, it's like to me so incredible when you think about of all the millions and millions of people and that we each have a unique, like, fingerprint <laughs> you know, yeah. like how is that remotely possible? You know, that our DNA is unique. Yes. And it's it's like mind-blowing to me. And so, you know, you've heard this many times before, but it takes more faith to believe in the Big Bang that it just happened than it does that, you know, that there's a creator who you know, created all of this because it's like there had to be such immense thought put into this. It couldn't just happen by random. It Or you would have replicates, duplicates. You know, there's just no way. It just, I don't know. It's just like mind-blowing to me when I think about it. Absolutely. One of the things as you were talking that came to my mind 
speaking of like we we don't want to have parts of the body serving in ways that they aren't made to. Right. Occasionally, especially during my seminary days, uh, I've heard a lot of people who believe women shouldn't be ministers. Mm-hmm. Women shouldn't be teachers, especially mm-hmm. over men in any way. Mm-hmm. I disagree with that. I think a lot of the contexts are actually marriage related. Like you as your as right. a wife shouldn't be the one leading the family. Exactly. Because the word for man and woman are also the same words for husband and wife. Mm-hmm. And they all seem to be in the context of marriages mm-hmm. whenever it talks about that. Mm-hmm. That said, uh, one of the things that's like, okay, say you're right. Say God explicitly says all women should not be teachers of like the gospel over men. Like mm-hmm. no women should be leading churches. Mm-hmm. Then why are why is God calling these women to lead? The mm-hmm. the best case scenario or um, is that God's calling men and they're not stepping up. Mm-hmm. And so it's like that's one of the problems too of like there are, there are possibly not just saying not saying women aren't called, but there's very like realistic possibilities that there are people who are stepping up in leadership in ways that's not meant to be what they were meant to be but mm-hmm. god's had to call them and grow them in that way yeah because others have denied it mm-hmm. and vice versa there are people who are probably refusing to step up in leadership they say no i want to be this right and god says no i've made you for so much more than that mm-hmm. like don't get stuck in that like i've called you for something like bigger mm-hmm. and vice versa yeah uh, so I have one last slightly more fun question. Okay. Can being too individualistic affect church unity? Yeah, I definitely, because if you're and like, how so sorry, well, because you know, as, as a church, we're a community and, and we should be set setting out to serve each other. And when you're individualistic, I think generally your focus is going to be first on yourself and not that you're not necessarily kind of, I mean, you have to be in tune with yourself and know what your strengths and abilities are too. But I think when you're too individualistic, you can't even see the other person. Like you can't mm. see what their needs are. How can yes. you help them? How can you serve them? Because you're so focused on yourself. Yes, I, I totally agree. It's, and that's the one of the reasons, part of the reason I wanted to ask this was because I think this is a very unique problem to America. Like it hits America especially hard mm-hmm. because a very big part of American culture is that we're highly individualistic. Mm-hmm. Like when we think about the things during COVID, mm-hmm. a lot of countries struggled less than America because they were able to stand united, regardless of how they treated COVID, regardless of how they viewed COVID. They all agreed to all wear masks. They all agreed to do their best to fight the disease. But from the get-go, America was pretty split, and we made it to this big divisive issue. Well, that's now, because... Now, I'm not saying not because... I don't Because I don't want to get into, like, we were misled and all those things, because that there's truth in that as well. Like, part of it was people in power using it as a political pawn. Yeah, I think that's what the problem is, is, like, at this point in time, I think at one time in America, people were more united in things like that. Um, I think about 9-11 and how everybody came together when George W. Bush, you know, came. I mean, it was, like, incredible. I'd never seen America that united before. And with COVID, it would seem like we could have gotten there. But from the beginning, it was awful. Like, it was awful. You had had Joe Biden and Kamala Harris saying they weren't going to take the vaccine because Trump ordered it. 
I mean, it was absurd. It was all of these things. Like, that was just, like, the beginning of it. And then there was all this censorship, which, of course, now has been determined to be unconstitutional. And I know you don't want to get it political. Yeah, but my point is... want to is, keep it on topic. <laughs> no, I know. I'm just saying the point is it is political when they make it political. And, and, and so it seems sure. in America today, we... We can't ever agree on anything that's that's not political. It's kind of like they make everything political. So, yeah. like, if I say I'm anti-vax, then I'm automatically a conservative. If if you're pro-vax, you're, you know, you're liberal, whatever. And it's like, that's silly because yes. I know people on both sides of the aisle. So, I'm just using that as an example. Why can we not, in, in this regard let people be individual, make up their own mind based upon the facts as they know them, and decide. And I guess that's what people have done, and that's what you're questioning, is yeah. like, well, why so can't people come together? But I'm not going to agree with... The thing is, you can't trust the government, and that's the problem. Okay, and so this this is part of why I didn't want to... this Because this isn't a conversation on government. Mm-hmm. I know, for, but for what me, I'm saying, what I wanted, that's what you... But you brought it up. You said America can't come together. let... Me okay, continue elaborating. Okay. So part of the problem, being too individualistic, no one can see past their own needs and desires, which is, I think, something me and you can agree on. But And a part of that is a lot of people on certain sides, uh, especially in, like, in the southern spaces, wearing a mask or not was crippling their freedoms. That was how they took it. There were protests, all sorts of things. If, if for some reason you have legitimate, like, COPD or diseases that make it so you're hard to breathe. I understand that. But I honestly have a hard time as an overweight man not having like, really, you're saying it's hard to breathe. I can do things when I'm wearing my mask. Like I'm out of really out of shape. Mm-hmm. And at the same time, there are people who are so afraid of leaving their house, mm-hmm. of doing something. It's like you're letting all these people suffer alone, be forced to live in their alone and live alone. And you're not willing to open up churches and letting people gather and be in community because you want to feel safe. You care more about your safety than everyone's safety and well-being. And that was sort of like a way for like a lot of people on the left side of things really struggled with caring for everyone's mental safety. And a lot Mm -hmm. of people on the right struggled for caring for people's physical safety. Mm Mm-hmm. And it was like, they can't see past their own desires. Mm-hmm. No, it's a really it, good point. And so it wasn't, yeah. that's why I was saying I didn't want to make it too much about politics. Because I know it was mm-hmm. it played a big part. But it but, was, but, and there's no way you can separate it from there. So, yeah. Okay. I just don't think you can. And I think I can. Well, no, It's I'm, pretty easy for me. What I'm saying, in America, though, <laughs> the politicians have made us so divided. Like, it's not acceptable for me to agree with a liberal. I'm a conservative, so it's not acceptable for me to agree with a liberal on something. It's like I always have to think a certain way, and that's ridiculous. Yeah. That's how we are individual. That's how we are unique. I mean, there's, I'm, I'm more in the middle, truly. I mean, I really am. I, I, I call myself a conservative, but I'm definitely more middle of the road for a lot of things. And so some of my friends aren't, don't like my positions in some areas because I don't think like them. And yeah. that's okay because I think that is part of being unique. Yeah. I mean, I, I, and I agree with that. And I definitely agree as far as politics is concerned. Like, yeah, I don't. In fact, I would, I would discourage you from agreeing with any single person on every single point mm-hmm. because you need to be able to think to yourself. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, so bring this back to church unity. Yes. 
and my so my main point of that idea and that illustration in my head was that when we become so individualistically focused, I feel like two things happen, and you can speak uh, into what you, what you think of them. One, we either get a case of protagonist syndrome, or two, we can't see past ourselves. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times they're pretty similar. Yeah. Or protagonist syndrome. <laughs> I think so. <laughs> so protagonist syndrome by that, I mean like we all think we're these very special Christians and that we all have this great destiny. We're all going to be the next Greg Laurie, Pastor Matt. Mm. We're going to have the gift of tongues because we mm. all, like if we're real Christians, if we're going to be this really special, we're going to have the gift <laughs> of tongues. And it results in these very silly things of like, we're all so unique, we end up all being exactly alike. Well, that's not what it means to be the body of Christ. We're going to have some very big differences. Mm-hmm. And I think those are good differences. Mm-hmm. God doesn't want everyone to be the same. If he wanted everyone to be exactly the same, he would have made one of us and have that one person be unable to reproduce. Mm. <laughs> well, uh, I find it interesting that, you know, just within the Christian community, there have been, it, you know, families have been split and, oh, yeah. you know, like there's been, a, you know, a lot of factions in, in it and it's just so saddening and it's because I, I you know i don't think it's necessarily an I- individualism but um i mean I, that could be part of it but you know people are just selfish yes you know and that's the bottom line is like they aren't considerate of others yeah and i get what you're saying in as far as covid goes but i think what happens is also with all the media and people are being manipulated people are being manipulated constantly and i see it now even like with this hurricane ian it's like so over the top it's like we have to be able to think for ourselves people read whatever you can get your hands on but read everything don't just go to one source or two sources or go to the sources that you feel comfortable with you need to read what other people are thinking and saying you know, because it's important for you to be able to make a well-rounded decision or thought, you know, process yeah. on a particular topic. Yeah. Uh, I have no comments on Hurricane Ian or anything. I haven't seen any politically divisive news regarding it. I'm assuming it's probably something related to funding or support. No, it's our lovely vice president. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, going back to church unity, though, so... I'm, what I, so the big thing I was thinking of was, so there's a level of purpose and goodness in denominations. We can be with people who we tend to agree with. It causes less mm-hmm. arguments and things mm-hmm. like that. But how sad is it that for there's a lot of people out there, they feel the need that they have to be with people so similar to them that they'll, they can't be in community with people who are different. Right, right. And I think that's a problem. I really do. I think that is why we are even more divisive now. When you think about it, like years ago, when you lived in a community, you went to the community church, you were friends with your neighbors, like everything was kind of more self-contained. And now that's just not how we live. Yeah. Well, it's because everyone can have access to communities online. That's what I was going to say. It's like the access to information is great. And so if you don't know the quality of your information, that's why it's important to look at it all and make a, an informed decision about what's real about that information. You know, cause you yeah. and I can read the same thing and we're going to come, come up with a different interpretation. Most of the time we do. We do. Right. 
Um, sometimes we think similarly, Never. but <laughs> but most of the time we think differently about things, and a lot of it is again how it's presented, and, and the manipulation is is unfortunately great. <laughs> yeah, uh, I definitely agree with that. Where, mm-hmm. yeah, there's there's just so much here more to unpack. One of the things there that is. I was going to get was be cl- close to winding winding down, talking about how this is a very this is this is a problem across the world. But America has a very unique difficulty with it because a lot of countries, they don't suffer through as much of those issues as America does now when it comes to their faiths. But like everybody wants of, to come to America because of it. Like they want that freedom. And that's what people are calling it. They're calling it. I mean, they think that individualism, that uniqueness is freedom. Like they want the freedom to be that way. And and I do think that's why America was you know, America, it's like that's part of the beauty of it is that you can be yourself. Yeah, but I think part of the problem with that is that when we're ourselves, we tend to be pretty crappy people. Well, I, and I don't disagree with that. We're not when we're selfish and we're not considerate of others. I mean, really, if that, that that's the bottom line in my book, yeah. um, we need to be thoughtful. We need to be considerate. We need to be generous with others. We need to be holy. We need to be holy, right? And, and and I guess that's a big part of what I essentially wanted to say with regarding my thoughts on unique. A lot of people think of unique as being individualistic. I'm I want mine, I'm gonna get mine. Mm-hmm. Right. And everything is about them. And they have to have the special destiny or the special life or all these things, but it's all about them. But the thing that's actually unique is for someone who's able to deny themselves. Absolutely. And and to do that which the Lord wills them to do. You know, I honestly don't, I wasn't really thinking of unique that way. I was thinking of it more in terms of how can I serve the Lord better? Like, am I doing that which he called me to do or should I be doing something else? You know, and that's why I've enjoyed so many of the series that we've had at Sandals Church. Mm. And I really, really appreciated the Enneagram because that kind of spoke more to our personality type and kind of like our, how we would approach things. And I, I got so much out of that. Yeah. And it, it really, it's almost like it gives you confirmation, um, you feel a little better about yourself and knowing why you act a certain way. Um, and, and also it identifies like where your strengths are and your weaknesses. So, you know, I think as we're anticipating how we should be serving, we should be looking at that to see, you know, how we should, but in no way am I saying you shouldn't pursue an area that you feel called to do. Yes. If in fact, you know, that's not what the stats say you should be. But the Lord called you there. You need to follow what the Lord's telling you to do because you know what? He, Someone else might not be stepping up. Right, right. Yeah. He he qualifies the called. He doesn't call the qualified. That's definitely true. Yeah. Yeah. So that's all I had today. I don't know if you had anything else. Uh, I think it's. I think your perspective on it is good when it came to like what you were thinking we're going to be talking about more. I think that might mm. be a good second part to this. Okay. We could talk more about what the individual roles and like church and kind of what it looks like and okay. how we can best do those things. We could do that next time. Yeah, I think that would be good. Yeah. Uh, Not next podcast, but next time we meet to do podcasts. Yes, yeah, I know. 
Uh, I guess that was more for our listeners, though. That was for the listeners. <laughs> <laughs> Don't expect that next time. <laughs> but the so part of the reason why I want to talk about what I wanted to talk about was I feel like that's the starting point when we think about how we're called. I've noticed in a lot of people, we can get so caught up in how we feel called or what God wants for us or something so inside that we miss the forest for the trees. Yeah. Uh, in one of my favorite books, Scott actually uh, lent me it years ago and I accidentally ruined it, so I bought him a new one. <laughs> uh, just the cover. So I kept the crappy one for dog myself. Dog ate the book? Or no. no. <laughs> this was before, before any dogs. That huh. would be damaging. This was the days of Buddy. Oh, Okay. Wow. Actually, and Puppy Zoe. This was like 2015. Okay. Uh, But it's called Shattered Dreams by Larry Crabb. Yeah, I have that book. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And it's that idea that... that Pastor Paul was huge into Shattered Dreams. It was a great book. He gave it to Dad. Yeah. And it's that that idea of we can become so focused on the thing that we think is good. We could be doing ministry. We could be living good in community. We can be doing all these things, but when they become the dream, it, it, it... it, it fails. I go back to Martha and Mary. It's, it's the same concept. It's like, you know, Martha was so busy getting everything ready, she lost sight of the fact that Jesus was right there, and Mary's so focused on Jesus, and, you know, he basically tells her, yes, that's what she, you know, that yeah. was more important. And so, yeah, we do miss the forest through the trees sometimes. Yeah, and so I would encourage you for anyone who heard us talk about, oh, that would be a great follow-up. And like, I want more curious about that. I would encourage you to wrestle through this topic first. Yeah. We need to be able to figure out exactly what we want. And is that thing that we want the most God? Absolutely. I and know. then once yep. we get through holiness and we know exactly and we prioritize him first, then we can start figuring out what does he really want me do, to do in detail? What specific part of the body am I meant to serve? Am I focused on me or am I focused on others? Am I mm-hmm. denying myself yeah. or am I encouraging myself? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, sounds good. Yeah. Did you awesome. have any final thoughts? Not really. I think we kind of covered, I think we covered even a little bit more than what I was anticipating. So We did. Awesome. I, I was expecting this to be about 15 minutes shorter. Yeah. Well, it's Sorry, okay. Sorry, peeps. <laughs> it's like always. Uh, well, uh, oh, yeah, verses. Yeah, you probably have do verses. verses. Let's do your verses. All right, I have two verses, like most of the time. First one is 1 Corinthians twelve eighteen, But now God has placed many members, each of them in the body, just as he desired. Mm-hmm. And Jeremiah 1, 5. Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I set you apart. I have appointed you as a prophet to the nations. Amen. If you have any thoughts, any comments, um, any suggestions for um, recordings, um, please contact us at realworldpod at gmail.com. Thank you and have a great week. See you guys later.